This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Not just any off the rails Friday. No? No. The green one. Oh, yeah. I see you're wearing your green. I got a little green. I greened it up a bit. Sammy, you sporting a little green today? Yeah. He's got the St. Pat's bucket on back there. He's he's all in. Leaf screen. Yeah. I l- can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Can you? I can't hear you. Uh, what's going on? Hello? Can you talk to me now? <laughs> yeah, Test hello, one, two, three. There we go. Yep. Checking. Bueller. Checking. Yep. I just hadn't turned up my headphones. Um, all right. <laughs> I love St. Patrick's Day. Uh, St. Patrick's Day was my favorite day of the year when I was in college and had all those friends and, you know, you'd <laughs> go drink a, drink a bunch of beer and enjoy yourself. It was the best day of the year. And this is very anecdotal, but it felt like maybe every third or fourth year, it would be like 20 degrees outside. And it would be like, this is the first day of summer. And the, yeah. the, the cold weather. Is that been- a dangerous day for you in your uh, no, that's other life that's amateur night for morning. well it is and see that's the thing and there are people like myself who my local pub was overrun with you noobs who didn't <laughs> drink every single day get out of my way they, amateurs yeah they actually took this seats out of my local so it was standing room only it was the worst day to be at the bar yeah i mean there was a phase don't get me wrong where i was like hey i have an, i have cover for how much i want to drink this is great <laughs> yeah yeah. He, he is Justin Bourne. I'm Nick Kiprios. That is Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Dave Sis. Do, should I always do boom Like, I'm, I'm starting to think, you know, if your mom's listening, that's not his name. That's what my <laughs> wife says. Like, what do you, like, you think his mom wants to hear you say boom every time you mention his name? I'm like, I didn't really know. I didn't think about that. He well, has to, you know, work long enough to get the courage up to tell you to stop. So that's... I think he likes it, though. Yeah. I think he's okay with yeah. Dave Sisboomba. Listen, I, you once told me about a player in the Toronto Maple Leafs that he needs to play enough for me to have to learn his name. It wasn't my <laughs> fault that I didn't know it, so... Yeah, that's right. Get better. <laughs> yeah, we'll give know your a, name when you're better. Give me, give me a reason to remember <laughs> your name. Who was that? Oh, I don't know. Could be 20% of the league right now, please. <laughs> So are are you happy with uh, the green uniforms? They're going to be sporting tonight, all green. You like those? I know you're a uni guy. I love the fact that they still do this. I think if I am going to nitpick, I think it's time to reverse the colors again. They used to have it more green. Well, they used to have it be the green. Like back in the Sundin days, they really they did like a brown helmet with brown pants, brown uh, gloves with like the solid green. Their with, sticks were made of cabbage. And it, looked, it looked awesome. I, I always loved it. And I like the jerseys they do now, but I think they're kind of desperate for a new St. Pat's rebrand. They've been wearing the same one for probably four or five years now. I don't so. feel like the green is Kelly green. It's a little neon, isn't it? Yeah. Very bright and, green. And, and the numbers on the back, they, they're really doing a lot with these. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that they still do it, honor their heritage on St. Saint, Saint Patty's, but eh, they could they Kipper, could what do you think help. of the stitching on the jerseys? Do you, I'm kidding. <laughs> Way better than the black. Yeah. Oh, still. well, I mean, listen, that's that goes without saying. The Bieber ones, I think, are probably on the shelf forever. Yeah. Let's hope, at least. And then, uh, yeah. Bring back Tim Biebs. Get rid of the, the Bieber jerseys. Agree. Yeah. We got a great show for you. Off the Rails Friday, we'll give you, in about 15 minutes, Justin Williams, three-time Stanley Cup champion, special advisor to the general manager for the Carolina Hurricanes. Doug McClain at 345. Who knows where that's going to take us? And then we finish it off with Jason York. Of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs right after the game. 
will head to Ottawa to play the Senators, who, I don't know, is it a, is it a meaningful game no. Saturday? The meaningful games are they over. They wanted for to play meaningful games down the stretch. We'll ask Jason York in the next hour, co-host of Coming In Hot Sends podcast. Do you see that Avs game winner against Ottawa last night? The Lars Eller poked in icing goal. Yeah, that was weird. Can, can, can you recover off of that? <laughs> I don't think so. so. They tried. Let me ask you this. You know, I know Matt Murray was there, and he wasn't popular amongst the fan base, and he's going to get the start tomorrow night, and I'm sure a bunch of his teammates had some some feelings about the way last year went. Like, Do you think there's added motivation going against him in that building, knowing how the fans feel about him, how some of the guys, how the coach talked about him, like – I feel like it's maybe not meaningful toward the standing standings, but I feel like it might be meaningful towards that fan base and team to well, light them up. I mean, it's hockey night in Canada. It's Saturday night. It's Ottawa, Toronto. And he'll bring emotion to that game. Murray, Matt Murray. Oh, without a doubt. You don't get kicked to the curb like that with what, wanting to come back and jam it down their throats. Yeah, for sure. Come on. That's all pride right there for Matt Murray Saturday night. So we'll ask Yorkie on that. Plus a ton more. So uh, tonight, before we jump to the weekend, Carolina Hurricanes, they come in limping. Sveshnikov is a big blow to this hockey club. Mm -hmm. Guys, any way you look at it, he's not Ovechkin, but he did Ovechkin-like things with a, a guy that could skate, hit, score. Tough, toughest guy to play against. Toughest guy to defend. No longer in their lineup. Yeah, it's a big loss. By the way, the I can't not hear his name and think of Ovi, who you also referenced, punching him in the mouth. But, yeah, I mean, that's a, the massive loss. It definitely is incumbent on them in proving that they can win in other ways. The Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup in 2006 as a collective team, right? It's, that's the whole thing. No, no real superstars. Um, and that's kind of where they're at now. They've got a lot of very good players. They're extremely deep. Their defense is the best in the NHL, period. Um, so yeah, they're going to have to win it that way rather than no scoring teams. I, I think it's also, um, if you have a ticket to the Leafs game tonight, you might be in for something wild Leafs and, uh, hurricanes play exclusively wild games, which is strange at, at this, in this building, like Zamboni, yeah. driving Zamboni, stuff. um, they played a game where the Leafs were down three twice in one. Uh, I think it was like eight, six. They won the final Mitch yeah. Mourner's Mitch Marner scored a goal right off the face off. Jim Ralph said it was the worst timeout in the history of sports by uh, by uh, Rod Brindamore. There's some wild games there, so I can picture it being a little bit, you know, a Friday night, greased up crowd, wearing green. I can picture it being a little wild tonight. Love it. Let's do it. All right, let's go to our first Kippers Clipper on our Off the Rails Friday. Where do you want to start? I don't know. I feel like poor Morgan. We've really just so he was oh, chewed him up. It, no, we did not. We've chewed up the topic, not Morgan himself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't think we've been hard on him. I think. I think we've been fair. Okay. I do too. We know there's more, a lot more that Morgan can give. Well, let's see what the coach thinks. Let's do it. Very consistent in his approach every day. You know, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's faced him. Obviously the biggest thing that would probably weigh on him, you know, is, not scoring, you know, puck not going in and, and, you know, your guy that has that ability has produced uh, in the past, 
and that the team relies on him for those types of things, power play, five on five, whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the fact that he's remained consistent, goes about his process the same, and uh, knows what he needs uh, to work at. He's, he's very uh, honest about his game when I've met with him and ch- chatted with him, you know, uh, Morgan Morgan really wants to win, really wants to help our team, and, and he knows that he, he plays a big role in that. So, you know, he's he's extremely committed to being at his best. You hope that Morgan kind of follows little Austin Matthews look mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. big 34 is getting stronger. Right about now. Right about now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, he, first off, you know, Sheldon mentioned that when Morgan comes in, he's very honest about where he's at. He's a really likable guy. Like, I do find he's very forthright. Oh, I... He's. Yeah. yeah. A few years ago, he could have been the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. For sure. He very well could be. And he seems like he, he's a leader and he mentioned he wants to win. He's all these things. You can't help but root for Morgan Riley. So, yeah, I hope he finds that he scores last game. He builds on that and finds a little bit of momentum. Obviously, it would go a long way for the team having him be the better version of himself. No Justin Hall in tonight. Luke Shen comes in after a extended leave of absence as his uh, wife had a baby, in addition to the family. You assume that's out of the way now, and he can now focus on getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, I'm certain it's out of the way. I don't think it'll happen again while he's with her or with the Leafs. I think, I think we're in the <laughs> no, clear. No, the distraction. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Yeah, no, it's like, great. Don't, don't call him up if the baby's crying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be uh, a relief for him to get away from that environment. He'll probably sleep better here than he would have in Vancouver. So, yeah, important to get him rolling and feeling good and being a part of it. Some, somebody asked him this morning, and this is the answer that he gave. Well, well, I'll just get some context. Like, if he has to worry about Luke Shen, you know, coming into the lineup and doing too much is what somebody asked. I think Dave McCarthy asked him that, which thought was fair because, you know, it's like a guy that's coming in here second time around trying to prove it, and the answer he gave was this. I just wanted to give some context to the clip. So if you want to hear that clip right now, yeah, it'd be yeah. great. I chatted with Luke a bit yesterday. It was more so about uh, reminiscing about the facility and the city and stuff that things have changed, how things have changed uh, since he was here last. But, I mean, a guy like Luke Shen is still playing and, uh, you know, has had the type of career he has because he knows exactly who he is and what he needs to do. I am not uh, concerned about Luke trying to do too much. (laughs) No, this is not a dangling backhand toe drag type defenseman. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he'll dictate how much he's going to ask from him with his minutes. Yeah. That's that's the first thing I think of is if the tendency is to do too much when you ask for too much. Yeah. Where is he going to fall in? He's a third pair guy for me. Yeah. So his... League average of ice time on a really bad team for the most part of this season. I don't care what they're doing right now under Tockett, but they were not very good in Vancouver is what? Close to 16 and a half, 17 minutes. Yeah. You know, whatever. Do we expect Luke Shen to provide Sheldon Keefe as early as tonight? 17 minutes. I'm not saying he's never going to play 13 minutes, but I bet you when we sit here and unpack the season, Luke's friend, Luke Shen's average time on ice is under 13 minutes. Like I bet he's a 12 and a half minute guy, you know, plays five on five and kills penalties. But you're right. If, if you're asking him to be Morgan Riley's D partner, 
I think the, the Leafs are in trouble. Do we know if they're going 12 and 6 tonight? Have we Oh, it's 11 and 7 again. It is 11 and 7. Yeah, so Gustafson still in and Hall's going It out. is interesting that Justin Hall, we both agree, has played more physically and more involved lately. I I've I've liked Justin Hall more in the last well, since the trade deadline. Yeah. It's like he's aware, like, it's a battle to stay in. His next contract hinges on how he's used here in this postseason. I don't blame them for saying he's one of the guys who can take a break. You got guys on the right side. Lilligren's got to come in. Uh, to me, it's it's such a mixed message. That it's like now you're starting to bang, and it's like, eh. You go to this guy, and you say, I want 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he gives it to you, and on some nights, it's not bad. And he may come in the next game and he won't play 13. But It'll be 22. I I would not have him out of the lineup for Gustafson. I just yeah. wouldn't. No. He, but, he does way too many important things to the Leafs to have him out of the lineup for Gustafson, who's been playing like, what, 10 or 11 minutes a night for the Leafs? And like, I don't even really know what Gustafson's situational use is. Just power play. Yeah, yeah PP2, which is what, yes. 20 seconds per three power plays a game? No, I bet you Sheldon's going to start Given pulling him. somebody off. Oh, Morgan, yeah. you got a minute. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have him playing power play time, significant power play time, it doesn't make sense to me because, as you mentioned, Hall plays big minutes. He kills. He's out in the final minute of the game protecting leads. He matches against top guys. I There is only one reason. 11 and 7 and that is Sheldon's nervous about his power play from the back end i.e. Morgan has not found his spot on a top power play in the NHL I think this is all pointing towards feeling a little insecure about Morgan's spot on the power play I also think it has, I mean, it's not just that Kipper, it also has to do with the Ryan O'Reilly and them not being completely convinced that Steve's or Simmons or all those guys, uh, like the options that, they, have, that they want to easily in. go 12 forwards, put back Pontus. It's easy. No, I, I understand, but like pontoon boat, I think there's no, I, listen, you're right, but I don't think it's the only reason they're doing 11 and seven. Yeah. But it, it, there is, there's no one else. They want to keep Gus. They happy. don't have a backup power play guy. No, it yeah, he is, is about the power play. Yeah. Come on. Morgan gets well, then hurt. Give it who's, give him first left? unit reps. Five forwards, guys, because they don't have a second guy on the power play. Five forwards. Gotta give him some reps. So yeah, let's keep an eye on that tonight. Let's see how much power play ice time Gustafson gets. I'm gonna say he shoots one in the net on the power play this weekend and complicates things for all of us and for Sheldon. Well, nothing's ever easy in Leafland. And he's some like with his power play unit. Sometimes the guys will come off, you know, a couple guys will come off early, and the other some guys will stay out longer, and like it's a mixed bag or whatever. I, like you mentioned, I could really picture that being after a minute, they'll be like, "Hey, you're the sixth. You're going out there, Gustafson, yeah. for a minute." So I don't know. You saw the Oilers power play goal last night. Connor McDavid comes up the flank. He um, he's skating with the puck. Someone fills in behind him. He drops it back to the same flank, goes around the one PK guy and gets it right back in the slot in the middle of the ice and just shoots it in the net from there. Like their movement is so good. The way they, they work it and make penalty killers make decisions. Still an issue here. Top numbers, but there's some times when it, it gets slowed down on, on Mark on Morgan's stick. And sometimes even Tavares's stick. 
Like Tavares, his strengths in front of the net redirects, rebounds. Yeah. But I'm not sure you want him to hold on to the puck and start dictating uh, plays. Um, yeah. 131 points in 69 games now for Connor McDavid. 57 goals, 74 assists. He's good. Yeah, quite good. Wow. Yeah. That good. is wild. Okay, yeah. we're running out of time. We have lots of clips to go. Okay, let's go to this one because this is a conversation that we had uh, in depth uh, the other day, and that is Tampa catching the Leafs in the standings. 88 to 89 points right now. Oh. Let's go to Sheldon on his thoughts on uh, the pressure of Tampa Bay. Sure, I think it's that time of year you're you're keeping uh, keeping notice of what's happening uh, around you, but you don't you don't lose focus to what's most important for us, which is to uh, feel good about our team, have our team healthy and ready to play in in the playoffs, and that's really it. Obviously, you want to clinch your playoff spot uh, and get that taken care of. You know, we're you know in terms of home ice, we're in a position you know right now where we have the edge, and you want to maintain that through good play and and good habits and all those things should take care of itself. But the the thing that's most important to us is is feeling good about our game and being healthy as we get ready to, to play. Not wrong. Nope. You want to feel good. You want to be healthy. That's good. But yeah, but, but. <laughs> yeah, and home ice is crucial. So I mentioned Toronto's eighty nine points, Tampa eighty eight. Uh, the Leafs do have two games in hand there. So they you get a couple cracks to get some extra points and put some separation. But the devil, you know, we've been talking about uh, Tampa Bay and their struggles. They go out and beat New Jersey, who's, you know, damn near you know first, second in the Metro all season long, back-to-back games. So look out, Tampa, playing well lately. All right, let's listen to Keith on uh, their priorities heading into the playoffs. that work for you? Yep. All right. Each area, I think, you know, you, you want to really tighten up and, and be sharp. In. And then each opponent, each game brings different challenges and, and different opportunities. But, you know, uh, obviously getting healthy with O'Reilly in particular will allow a lot of things to really fall into place for us in terms of how our lines look and how we, we roll out our team. Right now, it's, things are a lot more in flux, you know, since, since O'Reilly's been out. So that's, that in itself is one thing that you'd like to get solidified. Uh, the other part of it for me is whether it's power play, penalty kill, your even strength details, playing with leads, um, handling you know different adversity. Like the other night, I mean, it's such a tight game, and one thing here or there can make the difference. You wanna you wanna be really sharp in those areas, and we were we were okay the other night, but didn't didn't get the second goal. So like just those little details that you wanna you wanna feel good about. But the other thing I think if we've learned anything. You know, it's, you get your game feeling good and all that. There you go. All right. And safe to say that no matter what the circumstances are tonight, you don't play Mitch Marner 30 minutes. <laughs> I think that's a safe guess. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. It's interesting talks about getting the game feeling good. Like, you know, they got to get comfortable when it's feeling bad. You know, this is this can't be when the Leafs are going good, they're winning. Very, very, very good team when they're on their game. But what does feeling bad mean to you? Like yeah, last question. night, last night or uh, uh, two nights ago. Yeah, it's it's a game when it's not coming easy. You got to find yeah. You know when it's just like sure you, you just and it wasn't coming can't easy. Can't get to the parts of the ice you want to get to. Like, you're frustrated. You know the way they have 13 shots through two periods or something. We talked at the top about Carolina's defense being so stingy and those numbers are off the charts. Yeah. Oh. But 
what I saw out of Colorado two nights ago was pretty darn close. Yeah, they, Very they closed stingy. it up through the middle. And that's when you got to find different ways, yeah. either with secondary scoring or your stars come through. For sure. Yeah, the, you mentioned Carolina's defense. Uh, they're first in shot attempt, shots at net, slot shots against, slot passes, OZ possession time, cycle chances. They give up nothing. They're the best team in limiting quality chances, expected goals against. They're the best defensive team in the NHL. And they've got some big, strong guys, mobile guys, but they they wouldn't be considered game breakers like they saw the other night, like uh, like like McCarr, right? Or to a lesser extent, maybe a McAvoy, those type of guys. Yeah, Colorado got more point or gets more points from its defense than any other team in the NHL. That's not Carolina, but Slavin and Pesci and those guys. They play defense, you know, like defense men. All right. All right. Just like we said, we'll bring in uh, Justin Williams, three-time Stanley Cup champion, special advisor to the Carolina Hurricanes. We're just talking about your 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 club, Justin. First and foremost, thanks for joining us, man. Pleasure. Happy to, happy, happy to say hi. Yeah. So, uh, listen, we know all season long Carolina gets mentioned as a, as a contending team, but uh, – what has been the psyche since losing uh, a guy like Sveshnikov to your lineup here moving forward? Well, I mean, listen, it's 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 quite deflating um, when you when you take a person like Fetch out of the out of the lineup, um, and on top of that, Patch already before then. So um, obviously, pretty frustrating down for the team, uh, but but certainly down for the individual as well as as such is such an important player both in our dressing room uh, and on the ice so you feel for him you also feel for the guys in the dressing room not being able to have him to lean on um but you know we we got to move on yeah i guess that's the only option you know i i was writing a an article today about the type of chances that are available in regular season versus the playoffs. Did you as a player feel that it was significantly different the type of way you had to play to create looks uh, I did. I mean, I think typically it usually, I mean, kind of back when I played a little bit, even though it wasn't that long ago, um, it seemed like it was a little bit uh, tighter checking. Um, refs kind of let a little bit more go um, than they would. But I think it's kind of changed a little bit now that, that they're kind of keep the standard same as, you know, the regular season and they're not trying not to change things very much. So a power play is a power play in the regular season and a power play is a power play in the playoffs as well. So um, I guess to answer your question, yes, I did find it a little bit tougher to score goals. Um, You know, teams are a little bit uh, more dialed into, to every single uh, zone in the ice. And that uh, especially means the the defensive zone. (laughs) Uh, Justin, we know when, when, players go down coaches say hey opportunities Who, who's the first guy on the roster you think about that can step up now uh in absence of uh Svesh? Uh, well i mean i think we we have quite a few guys who, who are trying to make that next step you know from star to superstar from from you know role player to you know everyday player and, and certainly from good player to great player and um, I, I think a player that, that, that can certainly step up is, is a player like Seth Jarvis, uh, even though it's the second year in the league. Um, you know, yes, Barry Kokaniemi, 
Um, we have we have some guys who who are, are are we feel are ready to make that next step. We just called up Jack Drury from uh, Chicago. Um, you know, we're not just calling up these players to um, be there. Uh, we're calling them up to, to to have impacts, and we believe um, you know players like that. On top of obviously Jordan Stall, if he's had a he's had a uh, another great year, another solid year, and his line has stayed together the whole year with Jesper Foss and and Jordan Martinuk. And obviously, you need your best players to um, continue to be your best players and carry the load. And um, you know, we know we have some guys who are going to be dialed in on that as well. Yeah, so I imagine when you lose some top guys, the plan is to kind of win a Stanley Cup the way that you guys did in 2006, right? It's got to be sort of a collective team effort. Um, you know, how do you how do you go into a series or a game with that sort of mindset that is it just a matter of trying to be more patient? Like, do things change when you don't have elite superstars and the way you want to go after a, a game? Well, I mean, it's obviously tough, but, you know, we already talked about Fetch and Pacioretty, but, you know, you look at that and, you you know, you think at the start of the season, you're like, you're banking on those guys for 60 goals between the two of them. You take that out of the lineup, that's a significant chunk of, of game-breaker mentality that can, you know, perhaps change the momentum of a series um, and could score at any moment, right? But yeah. uh, I've said this, and I, I've said this at times, that it's, it, it's, it's not the best team that wins the Stanley Cup final. It's the team that's playing the best. Yeah. And when I was in Washington, I had – it was probably the most talented team I'd ever been on. Um, and it was the year before Washington went on to win the Stanley Cup. It was the most talented roster I'd seen, uh, you know, up and down the lineup, uh, you know, from the goalies all the way to the forwards. It was so talented. But we didn't end up winning. We didn't get out of the second round. Um, but, you know, you go to the teams that I won with in L.A. and, and you know, obviously Carolina in 2006 uh, – I think you can make the argument that there were some maybe more talented teams on paper, but we were playing the best and played the best of the team at that time and were able to win. So, um, you know, that's what we're looking for. We're a team that's played well all year, and I expect that to continue uh, throughout the playoffs. We're talking to Justin Williams, Carolina Hurricanes, special advisor to the general manager. Uh, Justin, it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of goaltending situation uh, kind of plays out. We know you got Freddie Anderson, uh, uh, Ranta's there as well, but it's been well documented that they're done uh, contractually after this season. And then you got this uh, young kid that uh, highly touted in uh, Kochetkov, if I, if I pronounce that correctly. And oh, by the way, can we set up a Bennington Kochetkov? Uh, Let's go. A pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you see like, it playing uh, out? Both pretty uh, how do I see it playing out? Well, I think um, yeah, I think when you look at it, obviously when everybody's healthy, you know, Freddie's Freddie's our number one. Freddie's our guy. Um, but you can see it last year. We we have guys that can just step right in. Ranta um, carried the load last year during the playoffs, and he played spectacularly. And you know, if, if something goes down where 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 both guys are out, you know, you have a a really good option in Kochetkov, who who is a battler, who's who's a great great kid. Um, he's really his he's infectious to be around. Just his personality, uh, how he carries himself. He's always seems happy and and go lucky and feisty and ready for the battle. And um, you know you have that option as well. So um, you know as you said, how do you see it playing out? I think we're just going to let it play out and 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 see what happens. But. Um, we don't feel that that's a, a, a part of our team that's uh, that's lacking in any kind. I don't think we're going to go, go into any series thinking 
um, you know, that's where uh, the other team has the advantage. No, and whoever it is in net is going to have uh, an easier job than a lot of other goaltenders by basically any metric. You guys are first or second in all defensive categories. Um, you keep a lot of pucks out of the net. Do you attribute that to just, hey, we got good defensemen? Is that, hey, we have a coach that preaches a hard-nosed system? Like, How are the Hurricanes so good at uh, keeping pucks out of their net? Well, I think it starts with, with structure, clearly. Yeah. Um, that's 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 1A. And, and secondly, it's, it, it follows up with, with good leadership, um, with a good culture, with this is the way we do things, and if you're not going to do it, you're not going to play. Um, we obviously have great defensemen as well. I don't want to slight that as well. I mean, we have, um, you know, Jacob Slavin, who, who is just the best defensive defenseman in the league, um, in my opinion. And, you know, we have a lot of guys that, that compliment him as well. Um, so, you know, we play really well defensively, but at the same time, um, you know, your goalies, they don't necessarily have to make all the saves, but they have to make their saves at the right time. And, um, if you can get timely saves in a playoff series, um, you know, you're going to be off and running. As someone that has had great success in the latter part of your career, you must have a, a great appreciation for uh, Brent Burns and what he's been able to do since coming over from San Jose. Uh, I, have a, I have a huge appreciation for him. I mean, when you talk about what the Carolina Hurricanes aspire to be, hardworking, um, you know, gritty, um, shooting pucks, just relentless team. I mean, he epitomizes all of those things. And off the ice, he is one of the hardest workers and, uh, you know, came into our training camp with, um, you know, at his age being one of the best in shape guys. I mean, that is, uh, that is part of the culture that, that we have developed here over the past uh, handful of years. And he really epitomizes that just absolutely perfectly. Um, and you talk about, you talk about infectious personalities. I mean, he's, he's a hoot to be around and he's always trying to get better. I think he's just fit in unbelievably. And when, we had the option to get him over the summer. I was one of the guys that was just pushing so hard to try and make that happen. It's funny. You, you mentioned culture a couple times with that group. And, you know, we often hear, um, you know, former players talk about how, you know, how important the room is and having a good room. And we're all really close in here. How important is that stuff? You've won on different teams. You've failed on teams that you said had lots of talent. Like it, you know, how important is it? Can you win with a group that doesn't get along? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I don't have an experience in, in winning with a team that doesn't get along. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, that's hard to say. But, I mean, listen, it, it, it goes through. I mean, everybody talks about it, right? It, it's, such a, it's such a word that just kind of gets thrown around, yep. and this is what we want. This is what we're trying to build, right? And you're, you know, sometimes you roll your eyes, but sometimes you're like, wow, these guys actually have it. And you look through any sport, right, any sport. You know, you, you, you look at, you know, the New England Patriots and football, just kind of what they had been able to do. Um, you know, you, you look at the Boston Bruins, what they're doing now. Are they the luckiest team in the league? No, they have a great culture and, and great leaders, and, and they're good year over year over year. It's not that they're the luckiest teams in the world and they're just getting great performances. It's what they've instilled year over year and what they've learned and what they pass on to the others. Um, that really is a culture. Um, and, you know, it's not built in one day. It's built over time and, and continued success. And then there's that. Rod the Bod Brindamore factor here and just 
what he's been able to do over the last few years to set the tone is that fair to say yeah i would i would say so i mean he's he, he, i think everybody kind of knows what he's what he's all about and everyone that comes here um you know just glows about how they love playing for him um he's just you know he's just he's, he's honest about everything and he's he's speaks with his um emotion that that you really feel and you know the fact that he's in the gym before you every day too kind of <laughs> kind of helps it along as well yeah yeah it certainly helps build the the lore of rod the bod um so how important is winning the division? You guys are a point up on the Devils right now. Uh, is it one of those things where you just got to get in? A lot of people think, I know your Kings team's had some success doing that. Is it crucial or uh, just get in? Well, I mean, listen, we're looking to try to get the number one seed, no sure. doubt. You know, do we feel that that's going to, um, you know, allow us a better opportunity to win? I don't know. We're, we're going to have, we're going to face a heck of a team um, in the first round. And, uh, you know, <laughs> As you guys know, it's, it's it's tough to get in, and that first round it always seems to be one of the toughest to get by. Um, I know I'm speaking to the choir. <laughs> yeah, you're right you know, sure that, on network. I'm on, I'm on a Toronto network right now, so I get it, and I know all the fans get it around there as well, but um, it, it really, really is. I mean, everybody is as healthy as they're going to be um, throughout the playoffs in that first round, and, and, it's, and it's go, 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 and it's hard, hard, and um, getting by that first round is 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 really tough. And um, yes, we're trying to get first overall. Um, we're trying to get first in our division, and and that's what our goal is. Hey, how's uh, how's how's owner uh, Tom Dundon doing? You know, if you guys get to a semifinal, a, a final, he's gonna have to loosen up the per, the, the purse strings. You know that, right? He knows that. I mean, what do you mean by purse strings? Everybody kind of says that, but I'm just like, we had never been a cap team before he became the owner. We had never spent to the cap. And now we're spending over $80 million, and everyone's like, wow, the purse strings are a little tight. <laughs> That's kind of the All right, so it's working. He, he, he's listen. He spends on the players, and that's that's really what the what the players want. That you want a winning team. You want a guy that spends on players and getting the best players. And and ever since he's come here, uh, we we've we've done that. And now it's kind of becoming uh, a place where players want to come and play. And and I I don't know if I could say that ten years ago, where in free agency or 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 you know in trades, players are asking to come here. And I think you know we've. Uh, really created something as soon as he's he's uh um you know spent to the cap and, and became owner well it's it's looking that way and the, the proof's on the ice uh justin uh really appreciate your time man thanks for doing this hey my pleasure guys have a good one thanks, thanks so much god he's so good in his career too like just take a look at his numbers they're just so steady and just, the, just in the right the position last all the time. two years i think the second last year he still had like 50 points and 20 yeah. plus goals I, I gotta say boys if there was one stat that i could have in all of sports game seven stat being the all-time leader in game seven goals yeah would be high on that list of yes. stats yeah. like that is that is a big boy stat he was Mr. even in on a couple that he didn't score like he's he's a part of it in game seven he uh, had seven career game seven goals. It's just goal a game in game sevens. Not See, too everybody's bad. holding their breath in. He's taking nice deep breaths. So the analytics community like tries 
trying to make headway in the world and to be taken seriously and to people to listen, respect it, whatever. Some of the early stuff was like clutch doesn't exist. You know, oh, the stats say there's no such thing as clutch or whatever. And it was like, well, you've ruined the whole thing because now you have no credibility. You can't say it doesn't. Some people have ice in their veins and they want yeah. the puck in those moments and they thrive and other people can't get off the ice fast enough and they shrink. And we can't, there's not enough sample size to measure it, but there is no doubt that people react differently to pressure. And that man God, and thrived. It. it is. He's like, he's, he's Mr. Sunday. If he was a golfer. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy only plays well on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I lied to you. He played in 15 game sevens. 15. Yeah. No, that's 15 points. Oh, 15. Nine game sevens. Sorry. Nine, Nine game, game sevens. sevens. He had 15 points. He's eight and one. Yeah. Like, listen, that's just not a fluke. No, it's not a fluke. That's not. No. He was not a point and a half per game player during the regular season. You know? That's a guy that elevates his game. So yeah. it's incredible. But cool. I also think it's cool. I, I, guys who win cups on different teams at different, in different uh, really, I don't say eras, but I mean, Oh six to, you know, what he win it in 2012. No, what the Kings win it. Anyway, they were different time frames in his career. I think that's amazing to see the different types of teams that okay. have success. Okay. So he's played 1264 games. He's had 797 points. Yeah. So he's like a 0.7 per game guy or a points per game, 0.8, 162 playoff games, which is just again, <laughs> off the charts. 41 goals, 102 points. Is that not Hall of Fame? Like, it's a really, that's an interesting like, question. Why do we always just need to focus on the superstars? Why can't a guy like that go into the Hockey Hall of Fame? That's a really good, really good case to me of a guy who's like, yeah, he took teams from okay to winning cups. Yeah. What are we doing here if we're not trying to win cups? Um, uh, Hall of Fame's about game changers. Yeah. The top. Oh, go ahead. But you know, Clark Gillies being a, in there, a lot of people are like, well, look at his numbers. It's he, like, well, it's not. Did you just watch? That. Yeah. Can you think of a, a bigger name historically game changer than Mr. Game Seven? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying there. It's. All right, go, Sammy. The top 10 points for Game Sevens is a really interesting list. Justin Williams is number one all time with 15 yeah. points. Doug Gilmore, second. Wow. Mark Messier, third. Trevor Linden, uh, fourth, really. Wayne Glenn Gretz- Anderson, Wayne Gretz- Wayne Gretzky, fifth. Patrice Bergeron, sixth. Wow. Glenn, Glenn Ar- Anderson, sorry, seventh. Yari Curry, eighth. Paul Stastny, ninth, and Hendrick Zetterberg, tenth. And Wendell Clark, Stastny's Wendell Clark, Clark just games. outside That's the a good uh, list. Remember Marty Jell another one year had three game seven game winning goals. Uh, I can tell you what Paul Stastny, he was four and two, four and two in yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, look at that. That's he's a difference maker. He won a cup, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm all over you right now. <laughs> so hey, Google, I, I went to, <laughs> so I went to, uh, most game sevens played and game seven wins yeah. and I accidentally clicked the opposite. So it was like zero most game seven losses. Our boy, Jason Spezza, Oh, and six in game sevens. <gasps> really? Yes, sir. That just bites. That sucks. Yeah. You know, not like he is the issue, but it is unfortunate. And number two. Daniel Alfredson. <laughs> Everyone needs a five. smirk on your face. And Wade Redden, 0-5. <laughs> so it's all Ottawa Senators? <laughs> I'm 1-0. <and> <laughs> <laughs> One game seven. That's it. That's it. So who will at least Mr. Game need, 7 be oh, this year? When the most Nevel important goes, one. When it yeah. inevitably goes 7. 1-0 in the minors. Achari? 
Is Let's Achari going to be get Mr. Game 7 this year? When it Interesting stat today. To? So I put an article out today, and I'll just say it really quickly. Yeah. But there's this cool stat that is inner slot shots with traffic. And it's all the most chaotic players in the league, like guys who are shooting the puck from the inner slot, but there's actually someone between the net. Like it's jamming at pucks and it's chaos as a stat. I was looking into this today. It's yeah. Brady Kachuk. It's Tyler Batuzzi. It's everyone you think it is. And Nola Chari's fifth in the league. I'm just noticing really? more yeah. lately than like in, in a long time, certainly more so now than even in the beginning of the season. How many pucks are shot in that slot you're talking about? They just never reach the net. Yeah. Ton of, well, everyone packs Constant it in, right? And blocked yeah. shots and off sticks and into the mesh. And I know. It's so hard. So hard to get it through. You got to, I mean, first you got to get to that spot, let alone get there with that spot with the puck. So the app that I built. Yes. Has, uh, will, will, will Toronto get a shot on goal in the next two minutes? Yeah. And we give a, a, a clock on it and I'm like watching, like I want my points. Right. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, Oh, you get it to the shoot it, get it to the net. But they don't, it doesn't get there. Well, I know. Does well, not you- get there. And that's, maybe that's why I notice it more. <laughs> that's true. You're looking for it now. Will, All you, right. will uh, you have a next reward? Will the Leafs get over five inner slot shots against Tampa Bay in game seven this year? Will that Ooh. be a next reward? <laughs> anyway, I don't know what I'd pick. Yes next or no, to break. Or no. Next yes. to break. Yes. Okay. We're going to go to break. We're going to bring back uh, Doug McClain. It's Friday, baby. You know what that means? Off the rails. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I gotta think. I gotta think Doug McClain gets bored all week just waiting for us think so. to call him. You don't think he does anything? No, not really. Ah, pickleball on maybe Monday. There's pickleball league. They're blowing up the pickleball. Do you hear that? Like, pickleball is. They're, they're predicting pickleball will be a big. Five sport in like 10 years. Yeah, they, the people investing in it. Yeah, funny how that Let's works. Let's ask Doug McClain. Hey, how how, how big's you your seniors league right now? Well, I've got a big match Monday. I got a, a doubles match Monday morning with the pros. So I'm going to uh, take it up to another level. We had a lesson here yesterday at the Boca del Vista. We had a lesson. The guy came and gave us lesson. <laughs> are there are singles and games? I, Do you ever play singles? And, and, no, I don't play singles. There's too much moving. I said to the guy that was given the lesson, I said, first of all, I never took a lesson in golf. And every time, or I have taken, I said, I've taken two lessons in golf. And after I had both lessons, I got worse. So I quit that. I took some lessons in hockey and I quit that early. So why would I take lessons in pickleball? Seriously. So I did, I watched, I didn't take the lesson. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not into the lesson scene. So whatever, but I got a big match Monday, but anyway, it's fine. It's, it's a good sport. Uh, My heart rate got up to 160 the other day. I thought I better slow down carried away but anyway fine it's good you know all right i want to i want to lean on your 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 coaching experience here and you know we've had a couple of uh examples of coaches just changing it up and sheldon's been going through this thing with his roster since ryan o'reilly uh got hurt 11 and 7 12 and 6 uh bingo bango balls we saw calgary daryl setter completely change it up and it worked last night in Vegas. At what point when you coached, 
did you have to witness uh, before you kind of blew it up with your lines? Well, you know what? I, I think you're, it's funny, you know, when you're, every time I was sitting on an airplane, every time I was sitting in a bar uh, by myself, I always had the napkin and the pen out and doing lines. I mean, you don't stop. And I, I remember Brian Murray and I would I'd sit in front of I'd Hey, caref- front of careful Brian. when you say that you're at a bar and you're doing lines. <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah, I meant, I meant line combination. Oh, okay. All right. Good. But anyway, I'd, or on a plane, I'd look at, I'd redo the lines, I'd pass them back to Brian Murray, and then he'd, you know, we'd, you're just constantly looking at lines. But here's what I don't like. I don't like this this eleven seven combination. I think I think it it just it really throws your your it throws you off sync as far as I'm concerned. And I know you do it every once in a while. I used to I did it with Jason Woolley. I dressed him as a seventh defenseman. You know, in the playoffs, a couple of games, and you know, you're 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 nonstop fighting with line combinations, adding guys here, adding guys there. I, I think it's a distraction, and I think the quicker Sheldon can get to a twelve and six, the better off he is. I really believe that he's got to, he, and he's got to figure out who he's going to name or who he's going to put as his two depth guys for the playoffs for injuries or three depth guys. I guess they have nine three depth guys and, and go with his, his, his guys go with his 12 and six for the last few games or the last six or eight games and figure it out because I, I don't think it's healthy going in there with guys. Number one, not knowing they're, they're in and out of the lineup and not know, throwing off your ice time for guys and your line combinations are a mess. I, I, I don't get why they're doing it, but he's trying to get, you know, it's like minor hockey. It's like, are the parents yelling at Sheldon if his guys don't? If the guy says, "Gustafson's old man," is Gustafson's old man, or or are they yelling at Sheldon because he's not playing them, or what? Like seriously, it's pro. Play the guys you want to play. And the only guy that should be yelling at him is is uh, him and Dubas. But forget about the parents. Don't let them get to you, Sheldon. So what what else, if you're the coach of this team or you're looking at the Leafs, what else does he have to figure out? What's his job between now and playoffs? I mean, you got a lot of options between power play and goaltending and, as you mentioned, lines and D pairs. What is it right now that they need to get in order before the playoffs start? Well, look, I think I think it's, it's a, you know, it's a, I, first of all, you know, your defensive game has got to be in order. And, and I thought, you know, the Colorado game was a great example of, of how this team can play if they put their mind to it. That was a playoff-style game. It was playoff-style execution for the most part. I mean, I, and, I, and I really, you know, I thought I, it gave me some hope that they've got a good chance to, to, to beat Tampa Bay in the first round if they play that type of game. But, I mean, you, you, want, you want your team to – you want to know exactly who your power play combinations are. You've got to figure out where Ryan O'Reilly is going to play. You've got to figure that out. Is he going to go with a real solid third line with Ryan O'Reilly as a part of it to match up against Paul or whoever the matchup's going to be? Or is he going to try to go with him on a second line and, and then have a disjointed Tavares? I, I don't I, – I, I would hope he goes with you know, Riley on the third line, but that's just my own opinion. And get your lines a combination sorted out. Get your deep pairings sorted out. 
and designate who your extra guys are going to be and get it going because you've got you know you got 10 14 games left to make sure you're you're on top of your game and your power play looks you know so mac i know over the course of the times that we've had you on the show you're 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 a big morgan riley fan uh last last game he scored uh skated pretty well is there anything that uh in his game that uh suggests that uh you know he can't get back to being uh, the player that the leafs signed you know what he you know, I, i've always i love uh, i love this kid i i think he's a really a team first guy i i i like the way he plays but for me he's a very very good number two guy he's not a number one guy for me but he is the number one guy with the leaks and that's the tough part is he ever going to be what expectations want him to be i don't think so because i think he's a he's as good a number two guy as there is in the league or in that group he's in that group but he's not a number one guy so you know they've got to hope that by committee they can equal you know the headman and company group in tampa bay but you know winning a stanley cup i remember one team that won a stanley cup without a big horse in the back end is that that was when carolina fluked the stanley cup i mean a fluke stanley cup win <laughs> when they didn't have a number one defenseman is there anybody else am i missing anybody maybe, that won the stanley cup maybe pittsburgh the second cup i think latang wasn't around if i'm if my memory uh, isn't been damaged too yeah. much yeah, I get, but they did have Sid and Malkin and yeah. Flurry and a few of those. Guys. Yeah, they didn't you know, play you're, defense you're right. though. But but uh, yeah, you're right. But very seldom, very seldom yeah. does it happen. So I just think I think Ryan Morgan is a great number two guy, and I think he's a really valuable part of this team. And yeah, he's been off a little bit here and there, but overall, he's going to be there at playoff time. He will be there at playoff time. They got to figure out what they want to do with McCabe and this Gustafson. I mean, I I mean. I would take one or two of the new guys and put them in the lineup and go with it and yeah. see where they are, you know, so, and let the other guys be the, uh, be the guys, you know, eating the press room food, you know? Fair enough. We've, uh, <laughs> we've chewed up the leaves pretty good this week here. So maybe Kipper will take it back to him, but I'm going to ask you a question about something league wide suspensions are way down this year, Doug. And I, I, I was a little surprised by that. And we spent a little time yesterday kind of theorizing why they may be down. Is it all the earlier suspensions finally mattering? Kipper suggested finances being the reason. Well, what are your thoughts on suspensions being down in the NHL this season? Is there a player safety department? Do it they exists. Still have one? Yeah. It's, it's worked. Yeah. Everybody's safe. Everybody's safe. I look, I look, I watch games. And I, I pray that I may see a hit. I pray that I may see a hit. How the hell are you going to have suspensions when nobody hits anymore? Or if you do hit somebody, you have to fight. So, right. you know, what are they going to suspend guys for? Well, you get the odd spear and you get the odd slash, but they're only $5,000 fines. Or, you know, you get John Tavera. I mean, John Tavera is the dirtiest player I've seen in the last two months. He slashed somebody the other day. You know, come on, there's no there's no contact, so how can there be a lot of suspension? I want to get in more depth on, on this, but I, I might as well throw it up right now in just the fact that uh, uh, 
the Quebec Hockey League, the Junior uh, Quebec Hockey League, is uh, planning on banning fighting, Mac. Is this just inevitable? You know, I think, you know, look, I used to sit in Board of Governors meetings and, and NHL uh, GM meetings, and it was always a talk. Let's get fighting out of the game. Well, we got slashing out of the game. We, you know, we got, oh, yeah. Mac, right. are you the feeding the birds in Florida? No, there's in a Florida? There's a bird building a nest up top of my patio. In your, on your head? But, no, it's just in my, I'm outside. Jill put the run to make sure that I was too loud. Then she said I was too loud on the patio. So now I'm moving back and getting away from the birds. But you know what? I, 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 what were we talking about? <laughs> you know, so there was, there's no fighting in the Quebec. Like here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that bothers me about, the Quebec League and fighting and is you got 16 year olds fighting 20 year olds. I, I right. don't like it. I, oh, you know, and, then, and I understand that. I mean, college hockey hasn't had fighting. They run around with their cages on slashing and hammering away at everybody. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I saw a, a bubbles there, you know, from the trailer park boys. <laughs> yeah. He did a he did a great excerpt on the fighting. He said, "I think I think there should be more fighting. I think you should give the boys a beer before the game, give them a cigarette, and then let them fight more. We need more fighting in hockey." That's bubbles feelings, you know. All and right, for, is, for everybody joining us now from Sportsnet five ninety, we got Doug McLean, a former NHL executive. We fighting. got birds. We got bubbles <laughs> with Doug McLean. <laughs> Anyway, I don't care about the fighting in the Quebec League in junior. It doesn't bother me. I, I, you know, I like it the odd time in the NHL, but you know, it's it's hey, it doesn't. People, people. I remember going to uh, do luncheons in Columbus when I was, we were trying to sell the game of hockey there, and that was the first question they said. What about all the fighting? And I said, well, last time I watched a, a baseball game, there was more fights in that than there was in any hockey games I've seen lately because of being in the you know being in the batter. So, I mean, they wanted out of the game, and eventually it'll be out of the game. They they wanted out. The league wanted out, and eventually it's going to be out of the game. And I, you know, I don't know. They don't hit now. They're not going to fight. I don't know. Soon Do we'll be able to take the equipment. Pretty soon we'll be able to take the equipment off. We're going back to leather helmets. It's coming full circle. Give it a minute. Do you think the I'm going to say the decline in that physical nature of the game, the aggression hurts fan appeal. Like I think that was a big part of what people loved about hockey. Will that hurt the game's ability to draw fans if it is purely speed and skill? I, I talked to, look, I, I'm a hockey fan and I really love like the Colorado Toronto game. You love watching games like that, but guys, there's too few, there's too few of those type of games in the league. I mean, I, I talk to people that they say, Doug, we just, we've lost interest. If there's no passion, there's no physicalness, there's no, there's no, you know, I, don't, I shouldn't say violence, but there's no, you know, it's that the physical part of the game has disappeared. It's a skill game. Well, some people love that. I happen not to love it. I mean, I hate, I remember I scouting in Europe. I'd go over and watch the Swedish elite league play and I'd go a week without seeing a body check over there. You know, and it, it, it's hard in the head to watch it, but some people like it. So each to their own. I happen to find that the physical aspect of the game, I find it a real turnoff for me. I really do. I, I, I want to see some physical Mac, play. They're, they're, they're turning 
our live game into a cartoon. Does that not scream we're out of ideas? Oh, my God. They got ideas. Like, I, I've nice <laughs> sit in there and just shake my head at the ideas they'd come up with. Now they want to go to an eight-minute overtime. And, oh, my God. Did I, they? Oh, I oh, didn't hear that one. Bring it. Let's go. Well, I somebody said, yeah, we're going to have eight minutes of overtime. God, I can't stand the – well, the first five, I guess, is fine because they dipsy-doodle and they take it outside the blue line. Then they do a orchestrated line change. It's kind of exciting to watch the way they do it, but I don't want to watch eight minutes of it. I'll, I want to see three rushes and score a damn goal and get it over with. But, you know, they got ideas. they got idea people there in that league that and you just shake their head some of the stuff they come in with. Coley Campbell – his head must spin. Listen to the foolishness he has to listen to in that league office every week. Leafs play Ottawa on Saturday night. Uh, the whole thing about uh, Pierre Dorian was playing meaningful games this year. I'm not sure. H- have they already? Will they still? Where Where's Ottawa with meaningful games? Well, they played a, you know a couple of weeks of meaningful games when they were trying to get back in the race. And then they, you know, they lose five, nothing in Chicago and they lose in Vancouver. And all of a sudden they're, and a couple other teams win and they're basically out of it. Disappointing. I mean, I like their team. I like the look, you lose your number one goaltender and you know, things fall apart. It, it, it's really unfortunate because I would have loved to have seen that team get in the playoffs. I don't see them making it. Um, they're not playing. These are, these are meaningful games to help develop the kids. Jake Sanderson looks like a star out there. I was wrong. I had him as their number two defenseman last week with this show. He's their number one defenseman, the way this guy's playing. He's, he runs their power play. He's got unbelievable talent. How is this guy a smart player like that? You played with his father, and I coached his father. Like, seriously, he is the opposite of Jeff Sanderson. Sandy was good. Sandy was a great skater and could score, but this guy is this guy is a is a this guy has got a chance to be a superstar. And we, I love Sandy was a forty goal scorer who could uh, skate, but this guy is the total package. Yeah, no, Sandy, Sandy Sandy was a great goal scorer and a great kid, but this guy is no, the total you're right. Package. He has a chance to be special. He really does. He really does. And and a lot of guys in this team. I told this Stutzel kid, he, he's gone to a whole nother level. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I think they're a fun team to watch. Bray Kachuk is, uh, is my favorite player in the NHL right now. I'd love to see them get in, but they're not getting in. And now they're, you know, they're all they're worried about. There's who's going to buy the team. So, well, well who's going to own the team and what's it going to cost them? Doug, what's your, where's your money at? Well, if, I, if you listen to ESPN, I mean, they're they're on salary, I think, from the league, pushing the expansion in Atlanta and Houston. And, like, it's such a joke listening to them talk about expansion. I mean, it's a PR job for Batman, is what it is, from ESPN. I'm sure. Stir- look, I, I guess they're going to go – will they go 900-plus million? I guess. I, there, it's, all about, it's all about the real estate play in the, it in is, the new arena. It is, That's but I'm, I'm hearing some – some billionaires are balking at the close to a billion dollars. I, I mean, can you imagine? I like mean, you can I announce anything you buy, want, right? But yeah, we were we were involved to buy Tampa in two thousand and eight, and the price was two hundred million, and it was unbelievable. And it's today for Ottawa, it's a billion now. 
Tampa today is worth what seven, eight hundred million, I guess, is what they say. Well, if Ottawa's worth a billion, as Gary says, the franchise have been way undervalued, way undervalued. You know, well, they've been undervalued, owner, but they make no money. It's very confusing for me. Yeah, they're worth a billion dollars, but they don't make it. They don't have any cash flow. It's amazing. <laughs> what are they? Isn't Uber? That? Good business. <laughs> Good business. Yeah, they're Uber. No, they're no, they're not. They're Lyft. They're Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great line. <laughs> anyway, good. I hope I hope they get a billion. You know, hey. Garyock. Oh my God! Look, we're going to have to put Garyock in therapy if Ryan Why? Reynolds doesn't get. Well, if Ryan Reynolds doesn't get this team, Garyock will have to go into therapy. There's no doubt about it. He's been, <laughs> he's been talking. He's been talking Ryan Reynolds and marketing this and marketing that. And if he doesn't get it, oh, my God, what are we going to do with Gary off? Seriously. Well, listen, uh, congratulations, man. You took this thing off the rails as good as anything you've done in in a year. What did we learn today that uh, you got a bird's nest on your balcony Bubbles is an authoritative voice on hockey fighting. and Sounds like he was keeping it on the rails at uh, dinner no, some nights. No, and then he used to do uh, lines at a bar when <laughs> yeah, he was coaching. Yeah. This, is, this is the first time I've been kicked off the patio because of birds and because I'm making too much noise for the neighbors. Then I go in and I'm kicked out of the inside because I'm taking too much noise for Jill. Like I said, where the hell am I supposed to do this show, Jill? I'm too, you know. Anyway, okay. Hey, we'll see. great I, job. I, you're yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, Doug. <laughs> yes, you do. No sincerity out of him whatsoever. No, no, not at all. All right. But lots of opinions. Lots of opinions. And I think people know about me and with our guests, I enjoy people who give us opinions. That was good. Oh, my <laughs> God. The <laughs> That was, I had to take my annual leak at 347 when I get the guest on. And I come back in, and you're talking about doing lines at a bar. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? You go for a minute with a napkin. <laughs> yeah, he's he like to do them by himself. Uh, he said, "Yes, by God. himself." Yeah, he's a closet uh, <laughs> line changer. Not, not a social. All right, anything you want to go there? Or? Well, we should, maybe we could talk about the the fighting thing now, right? We kind of we mentioned the cute thing. We got a few minutes here. We could talk about that now. Uh Kipper's yeah, got know. something on no, this. I don't. I, no, I don't. You no, just I don't. I don't have a thing. I don't have a thing. And I'm I'm with Doug on the part where it's like, I'm not sure it's that big of a deal. In that all it's honesty, not going to be in the queue. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I played college hockey. Yeah. And you know, one time some kid was being you know egregiously dirty. They still fought. Someone still fought him and took their one game suspension. I could see that still happening. I don't think it's going to affect the Q's product all that much. But what I do think is that it will hurt the players developmentally who are in the league as long as fighting still exists in pro hockey. Because, you know, you got to... How many guys are we really talking about, though, that that this will have a direct effect on, that, that they they weren't groomed, that they didn't learn how to fight because not they weren't... Not went learn up. how to fight, but learn how to play within a game where that is an element of... Of reality, where there's intimidation, and if you slash or spear someone, that could be a consequence, and you have to kind of play a little bit differently. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But but I don't think it's going to affect the cue and the product. And if you take a look already, what's what's going on? Like, the fighters in our in our league, 
they're going to disappear. Even more of them are going to disappear. Yeah, there's Lucic no more fighters. Is leaving. You have to be uh, able to play. Ryan Reeves will will retire maybe Ken- sooner Geno later. leads the league in p- and fights and not, he had 24 goals last year. They're not being replaced. No. So they're not being groomed in junior anyways. Yeah. And they've already got tough laws where it's in the O, if I'm not mistaken, it's you're suspended after three, I think. Yeah, yeah. is it like a 10? I think it's maybe a 10-game it's, sp- it? it's 10 in American Hockey League, I think. I thought it was three fights and you get suspended for a certain amount of games. To me, yeah, that's one, the way to do it. If you game. had some guy who's consistently it, a problem, he should get suspended. So, but if there's a game or two games you know, or things get weird, he should be able to. I don't... I think there's bigger fish to fry for the queue than than focusing on this. Like there are no fights in the NHL, relatively speaking, to what we've had in the past. Yeah, I think there's one fight every three and a half games, four games. Yeah, it's nothing. Why are you making such a big deal out of it? No one's getting hurt doing ah. it. Like that's not an issue. It's not a safety issue. No one's getting hurt fighting. When was the last time someone got seriously hurt in a fight? I would find it hard to believe they we couldn't find instances of guys getting knocked well, out this historically? year. Well, this year, I'm sure people have been knocked out. I mean, I feel like I've seen people take big blows. Uh, listen, here's my case for it. Is that just not doing it very often. That's No, all. it's not that common. But, like, if we educate the, the players in the risks associated with it, then to me it becomes like UFC or MMA or, you know, boxing or whatever. I realize it is MMA. But where it's like if you decide you want to partake in this, there are risks associated with it. You're a grown-up. You can make that decision. You know, where no one's going to force you to. If someone jumps you and you don't want to fight, they're going to be suspended the same as they were if fighting did, was Did, did you banned. see uh, uh, Troy Stetcher last night with uh, yes. Cotter? Yeah. A great fight. Great fight. Why? Because it was real, it was Just passionate. Him. Yeah, he was Didn't mad. Like the way he was hit in, in the moment. Mad. Yeah, like what? What's gotten totally cleaned up is the George LaRock at the face off. Hey, how you doing? Good, yeah, good. Third how's shift the, how's of the, the game family? In the third period. Family's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Are we going to do this? Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. No, it, it has to be spontaneous. It has to be because you're pissed off. It has to be because I'd rather do this than take my stick and crack you over the head, which I could easily do right now. For sure. Well, so then how quickly are the dub and the O going to take this out? Well, I think there's going to be pressure for it's sure. Tough with kids, man. You yeah. know, in the queue, I don't know what's going on in the queue in terms of during the pandemic, I think. There were some bailouts there. They got some money yeah. back to them, and maybe there were some promises with the money. I don't know how it played out, but I think there's going to be pressure on the O and and uh, and the Western Hockey League to do it's, it now. For sure, there like, is. Like I don't think I think at the um, Doug nailed it. Like with you know, I don't really need to go to a hockey game and watch seventeen year old guys wail on each other. Yeah, brains. I'm with you. I I, like, I think listen, that's I grew the up. Right I was a twenty year season ticket holder for the Owens on a Platers and attack, and I went to games that lasted four and a half hours because all it was was fights. Yeah, I'd leave at six o'clock, go for dinner, I get home at midnight. Like yeah. it, it was ridiculous. Yeah. The amount of change that they've had over the last four or five, like maybe not even like ten years, all it's positive, been all positive. Yeah, but like I still think that a passionate moment in a hockey game where the gloves can come off and that's a that's a thing. It's not well, a, it's not then it's not a horrible thing. No, and, and how about the reality that it's an entertainment product. Like, the NHL is trying to sell tickets and fill buildings to pay salaries and to keep the whole machine working. People are entertained by the passion you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Like, they are incentivized to want this in the game 
from those the, when it happens in a game, we come in here the next day giddy talking oh, yeah. about Listen it. To, like our, half our conversations this year is like, I wish the Leafs would respond. Yeah. When's the last Leafs fight? Did they oh, fight God, this year? Great question. I don't know. Have they fought this year? Oh, I think Hunt. Hunt fought. Oh, yeah. Fun, uh, hunt. 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 <laughs> almost a curse. <laughs> I'm going to start. That's my but new he, faux uh, swear. No, he got smoked. He smoked Jack McBain from behind, and then Jack McBain yes. came down the end and beat the crap out of him. Oh, didn't Rasmus fight? Uh, he also got oh, thumped yeah, by we Wallstrom. To. The yeah. game we went to. He fought Wallstrom. Yeah. All right. We should go. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We got Jason York to discuss a Toronto and Ottawa. Matt Murray making his return. We're going to get an update on uh, Jacob Chikrin and uh, his early returns uh, now that he's in Ottawa. Tons more. Jason York after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. From one favorite to another, back-to-back on Friday, Doug McLean and Jason York. Like, come on, does it get any better for the real Kipper and Bourne show? No, sir. It's perfect Friday. Yorkie, you're like, Doug McLean's like the warm-up band for you. <laughs> oh, come on, that, that's pretty high praise because hey. you and Dougie, you and Dougie go back a long way. And he had a bird than... in his hair today in today's show. He had a bird. It sounded like he had a bird in his hair. What? Yeah, he did it from the balcony, and all we could hear birds in the background. It was a uh, off the rails retirement community living. He's, yes. he's a bird sanctuary in his backyard. That's all. He, he's like he's like that. I'm watching this show right now on Netflix with Eugene Levy. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like uh, it's called the Peculiar Traveler or something. Where Eugene Levy goes yeah. up, the Reluctant Traveler. The, is that what Doug McLean does now? Just travels all around as birds <laughs> on his head. Yes, in an RV. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, that's him. I love exactly. it. Exactly. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. No, just chilling out, hanging out with the dogs today. We um. We had an earlier conversation about uh, Pierre Dorian and, and the mission of the Ottawa Senators, or at least their goal was to play meaningful games. And I'm not sure if, if this season's going to be remembered. Is there a, is there a, a cut line on, on when there were meaningful games or when there's not? Do they have any games left that are meaningful, and meaningful including Saturday night against the Leafs? I think that word kipper is now banned in Ottawa, meaningful games. People are so sick of hearing that term. Uh, you know, I'll say this. When they beat Detroit on those back-to-back games, those were, I'm not even going to say it, those were important games. And those were kind of testers. We said, okay, what are we made of here? Here's a team that we're kind of, we're kind of right about the same spot here, Detroit, Ottawa, both rebuilding, both trying to get better. And then I thought Ottawa took a huge step. And then, you know, you could blame it. Cam Talbot got hurt. They've got their third string, Solgart, man, leads you their fourth string. It's such a big ask. It's a big ask to try and make the playoffs or to, to, to make a huge run with, two, with those two goaltenders. So, you know, I, that, that last road trip they had, that really cooked their goose. But I will say this. The team still is playing hard, and I'll give DJ Smith a lot of credit. Uh, this group, they still make mistakes. They still make young mistakes. If you look at their center ice position, they're really, really young guys down the middle. Like it's Stutzla, and it's Kintel, 
and then it's Kostelik and then Gambrell. Like, they're just so young down the middle. So they still play hard. Um, are they still meaningful games? Yeah, I, I, they are because I think this is a great time to evaluate. To me, you can't tell what kind of player you really have until you put them in a situation where there's a little bit of skin on the line. And, and they've had that the last little while. So there's a lot of players that, that I could say, yeah, I know what this guy's all about now. So I want to talk about the next step with Ottawa because I look at a lot of teams who tried to rebuild. They get bad like the Oilers did it for a while and it's Yakupov and it's Hall and it's Everly and it's all these guys and it doesn't always come. It's not guaranteed to go from bad to having players to becoming a contender. So like the next step for the Ottawa Senators is curious to me because we don't know ownership we don't know like what they're going to spend or willingness to spend will be what do you forecast for this senators team and trying to turn the page from bad to the middle to what comes next so number one uh, bernie i I think new ownership whoever it's going to be here they're going to be close to a cap team if not a cap team i i I think there's an appetite for whoever buys the team because you're not going to spend a billion dollars and and come in and say, you know what? Now we're going to cut some corners, and we're <laughs> not going to—we're not going to spend money. So they're—they're they're obviously going to have deep pockets. So number one, I think they got to figure out what they're going to do in nets. You, you're not going anywhere in this league unless you figure out what you have in nets. And uh, <laughs> we can talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs later on that. You guys want to trade for Matt Murray? <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> and uh, so we'll see. I, I think I think the draft is going to be really important for them, Borny. Like I think I still think, and this is just me, and people thought I was crazy. I think Alex DeBrinket is a huge piece to play at the draft. I, I, I just think they can they can really do something if, if he doesn't want to extend. Um, I, I think you could move in and get some get a couple of really nice pieces. Um, you look at a team like the Calgary Flames. If, if they miss the playoffs, they're just one team in particular. Man, you can, they're going to be looking to make some moves. So, number one, goaltending. And then number two, I think they need another defenseman and uh, a top six forward that plays on the inside, not on the outside. They need a guy that can play inside the dots and, and be a hard guy to play. It's just to add the guys like Kachuk and Stutzla. Um, But I, I, I think it's going to be really interesting with what happens with the Brinkett in the summer. Speaking of goaltending, uh, Matt Murray slated to play tomorrow night unless he slips on a banana peel. Um, how how big of a return is that? How big of a storyline is that? How how big of a win is that for him if he can pull it off? I think it's. A, I, I think for him personally, it's it, it's got to be a a big a big game for him, right? Like going back to a team that was trying to get rid of you for at all costs, just wanted you gone, wanted you away from the group. And you got a chance to come in and, and really stick a nail in their coffin. I, I would say it's a huge game for Matt Murray. As far as the senators, I, I don't really think they're saying, Hey man, we got to go and beat Matt Murray tonight. I just think they're just, they're just treading water right now. They're hoping to beat Toronto. The last thing they want to do is lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs in their own building where there's going to be a ton of Leafs fans of a game of, it's a big game for them because it's just, it's going to be like a nail in the coffin if they lose it. So they, the last thing they want to do is lose to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sure. They don't want to lose to Murray. I think it's a way bigger game kipper than Matt Murray. So 
let's say, well, I, the centers are probably not going to make the playoffs. They're on yeah. the verge of being sold to someone else. They, they fell short this year. What is going to become of the people in charge of Pierre Dorian of DJ Smith and Jack Capuano and Davis Payne? Like, are, is everyone going to stick around there uh, through new ownership? Or do you think it's just a fresh start when there's new ownership? Well, I don't have, I don't have a crystal ball, Borny, but you know, you, you guys know this as well as I do in this business. When, when, when things change hands, or for example, when a new, when a new GM comes in, what's the first thing he usually always does? He always brings in his own guys, oh, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say for sure. I know what's happened. I can just tell you from what I know from history, and you guys know this too. Like, new owners are going to want to bring in their own people. That's that. It, it would be one thing if this team had been winning the last five years and things were. Like you, you were inheriting a Stanley Cup team or a team that's a team that's a further along in the process. So I, I, I would just my guess is there'll be an evaluation period. There'll be meetings, just like any business when a new, when new ownership comes in, and, and they'll make the decision. And I and I would have to think that they'll bring in their own people. And that's just that's just what I've learned through the history of this league. Gee, you, you really were hoping for the Ottawa Senators to have that push uh, to keep them right in the thick of things, especially with the addition of uh, Jacob Chikrin. It's not happening, uh, but why? And, you know, where's his play in your eyes since he's uh, been traded there? I like him, Kipper. He's, yeah. he's been really he's been really good. I, 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 I love the move because, number one, it, it gave him a little bit of a push. It brings some energy to the new team when he came in, but he's under contract for, uh, I think he's got two more years under contract. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, but two nice more, number. two more after this one. Yeah. Two more Kipper. And it's a really good contract. It's yeah, a, it sure is. It's a great deal. And he's a really good story too. His dad grew up here in Ottawa, Jeff, who I know you played against him, Kipper. And great with family. Him. Yeah. So he's a great dude, great family. And the thing about small markets like Ottawa you didn't have to convince a guy to say, hey, this is a great place. Because a lot of guys, American guys, I know, uh, his family's from from, uh, from here, but he grew up in Boca Raton, Florida. But he genuinely wanted to be here. And people in Ottawa, you know, there's there's a little bit of a complex here where people think that, hey, we're Ottawa. We're like, the we're, kicked, we're sick of being kicked around here. Or now you got a guy that was really happy to come here. So, and he's played well. He's played really well. Um, but to answer your second question, Kipper, on what, on what do I think that, that went wrong with the team? I just think that they're not, they're not there yet. And it's particularly down the middle. I, I mentioned it earlier. You can't win in this league if, if you're center Iceman. And I'll take Stutzla, for example, who's been awesome this year. He's still 21, still learning to play the defensive side of the game. And then Pinto is your number two center, who's a rookie. And then you got a couple guys that are still trying to find their way in the league in Castellac and Gambrell. So you're not winning this time of year with that much lack of depth at the middle. And throw in the fact you got a third and fourth string goaltender. And at the end of the day, that start in November really killed them, fellas. They got off to such a bad start. They almost had to play perfect hockey down the stretch. And with for those two reasons, goaltending center eighth position, you're not going to get it done. And Josh Norris. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the fact. They kept, like losing Norris just put everybody uh, out of sorts. It just it just puts everybody in a position they're not ready for yet, as far as the centers yeah. go. 
So, you know, Chikrin was one of two people who wanted to go there and was a great player. Claude Giroux made the choice this past summer yeah. to join Ottawa. How has his first season gone in Ottawa? And do you think he's going to be able to be a contributing player as they do aim for playoffs and beyond? He's been really good, Barney. Really yeah. good. Um, he's still super competitive. Uh, he scored a lot of big goals. And I, I'll tell you where he's been most important. I think the effect he's had on guys like Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla, he's he's just he's got that he's got that will he's got that competitiveness he works super hard he trains hard in the summer I just think he's been he's been something Ottawa hasn't had in a long time and that is a legitimate older guy that's been there and done that it's one thing when you have older guys but if they haven't really had success in the league sometimes younger guys aren't going to take them serious. We got no choice but to take Claude Giroux serious. And I, I, I think as a, the leadership effect, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, Borny, has probably been the biggest impact on the group. You mentioned uh, DJ Smith. Is, has he solidified himself as a, a good coach here moving forward? I know there's some people that were in and out on, on his future. Has he done enough with this group? So if you talk to people in the city, and if you read Twitter, Kipper, it's like, no, no, nobody's ever happy. The team's not going to make the playoffs. This is what I'll tell you about my take on DJ Smith. I think the job of a head coach is to motivate players and make them play hard. I think DJ Smith has done a really good job of doing that. The, the group plays hard. I, is, is he going to be back as coach? You know, I, I already said that early. I don't think so. But I, I, think, I think he's shown that he can coach in this league. I've shown that he can motivate guys. I think he's got a lot of energy. Um, I think for whatever happens here with Ottawa, for some reason he loses his job, I think he'll be a head coach again. Um, so it's it's tough. Eh? Like it, He's been here a long time. New ownership is coming. So it, he's going to be in a tough situation. But I like what he's done with the group. I, I am probably in the minority where my belief is you can if you can get guys to play hard, I, I think that's 75% of being a really good coach. York, you will uh, pivot to, uh, you know, the most important team to this show, the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs here, and uh, oh, yeah. get, get your thoughts on them rolling 7D since they've made a bunch of trades at the deadline here. Um, how would that make you feel if you're a fifth or sixth guy and there you're getting suddenly oh. 13 or, a game? Or the seventh. Yeah, <laughs> or the eighth. <laughs> or the first. Or the first. Right. The first, guy does, the first guy doesn't want his minutes being chopped into. I you're probably asking the wrong guy that question because I hate it. I, I and whenever whenever I coached, I always made a point when I was coaching junior A hockey. I never ever dressed seven D because I hate it. Yeah. It complicate it complicates the things for your for your D coach as far as rolling guys out. Can 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 it work for sure? It can, but it takes you got to have a really good guy back there that knows how to mix and mingle in your things because you get a guy sitting too long with seven D. You might as well just staple him to the bench because he's going to be useless. You can't, at least I couldn't, I couldn't play 12 minutes and be effective in the, in, in going out there because I'm cold, legs are bad. But So I hate it. Um, some guys love it, but I'm, uh, I absolutely can't stand it. You got any uh, Ryan Reynolds updates for us here moving forward? <laughs> well, he just sold his company, Kipper. Isn't he uh, 300 and some million richer right now? He's looking to spend it on something. So, um yeah, no, I'm hearing I'm hearing the same things you guys are. Uh, he's he's latched himself onto the Remington Group. 
there's there's three, maybe four serious bidders. They're, they took their first rounds a bit last week, I believe, and they're going to try and narrow that down. I think when it's all said and done, Kipper, yeah, um, I I would. It's pretty well known that Batman wants Reynolds part of any group. So I think if yeah. it happens to be, I think if it happens to be another group that wins the bid, I could very well see him jumping well, over and say, the name, "Hey guys, I'm still here." The name we hear now is uh, Graham uh, Roasten, who's. Uh... Uh, yeah, owns the hockey too. news. Yeah, 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 I heard that one today, and that one came out uh, came out of nowhere, out of the little late. Okay. Yeah. is that a profitable it, enterprise? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, hey, what, what else does he own? Must I, be other stuff. I, there's, there's not a world that I see that you're going to recoup nine hundred million dollars. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing with with the project. As of right now, the amount of acreage at the LeBreton's flat site, you need more. So whoever does, in fact, get the team, they're, they're going to negotiate with the NCC, the people that can control the land down there, to try and get more land. Because I, I'm with you. It's going to be uh, – you're going to need more land to get, uh, to get more value of your, out of your investment. I just want to clarify that I uh, I love the hockey news and always have, and just didn't think you made enough money owning the hockey news. Oh to no, own he's so know, sports he's, teams. He, it, it's not his money. It would be uh, definitely a conjunction with uh, someone with really deep pockets. A consortium of many people. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yes. That will be fascinating to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, you know, rooting for Reynolds to be involved just from an entertainment perspective. Um, you know, we're you know last one from New York. Is just to get your thoughts on the the Leafs as they head into to the postseason. I know you keep at least a an eye on this Toronto Maple Leafs team. Tampa maybe reeling a little bit. Do you think this is the year they look better to you now? I do. I, oh, I honestly do. I uh, what's the status? What's the status on Ryan O'Reilly right now, Barney? When he, when he he'll do, be back before playoffs. I imagine in a should, couple weeks he should be able to get uh, a handful of games in. Yeah, well, I love the Achari move, the O'Reilly, uh, Jake McCabe. Like they brought in some real grit, and and and, and O'Reilly too, a guy that I, I I can't say enough good things about. I'm a huge Ryan O'Reilly guy. I just love I love how he plays the game. He plays on the right side of the puck, great on faceoffs. You guys know everything he does. So I, if, there, if there's any year, doesn't this have to be the year? My only concern is goaltending. Are they good enough in nets? Like I don't. That's the one thing. If you best of seven, are the Leafs goalies yeah. going to be better than Vasilevsky? That's my only concern. And you guys know as well as I do, it's it's a game of goalie in the playoffs, we'll, right? We'll continue to get a, a feel on that one tonight. Uh, Leafs in Carolina tomorrow night against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Yorkie, thanks for doing this, man. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. Yeah, happy St. Paddy's Day, boys. You too, you pal. Too, enjoy some Guinness. Jason York co-host of the coming in hot sends podcast. Always a great guest. He is wonderful. So just, just to touch on the Ottawa situation that it's just like, it's a ton of money. It's a market that's limited. You can't write off government, uh, skyboxes or anything entertainment there. I don't know where the industry is going to be to support something. The last thing I want to see is billionaires go in there, build this huge thing, 
and then start taking it out on the Ottawa fans to pay back, right? It, mm-hmm. It's going to get really expensive. They're they're going to want to recoup some of that money, and it'll come at the expense of jacking it beyond belief. Yeah. Um, I can see that happening. I hope they have a smaller building. Who is it we talked to that mentioned that? You know, like have a fifteen five. Yeah, you know that's what Winnipeg is, right? Like, could they be, you know, sixteen or something like that? But then you got to, if you're having, a, you know, five thousand less seats in another arena, you got to jack up the price even more, mm. right? If you're, yeah, I mean, everything is probably lower, right? Your your upfront costs are lower. The amount of space you need is not as as much, but yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's the, it, when they're hot, it would certainly cost more per ticket mm-hmm. when they're hot. Okay. Well, so I wanted to, Oh, I got something for you. Yeah, go ahead. I was just uh, scrolling Twitter while you guys were talking to um, Yorkie there and a fan account uh, put this out today. Uh, the name of the account is Willie O'Rylander. So take this, you know, as you will, but, they were talking about the five-on-three opportunities for the Leafs because the yeah. broadcast mentioned it last night. Is this still zero? Zero. They've had zero. And there's been no other team time uh, since 2009, 2010, when the stat has been available, that a team has gone 67 games without a five-on-three power play. You know what's going to happen? Game one. Game one of the playoffs, It's going to be they're going to be down a goal in the third period, five on three. The only other time it's happened was New York Islanders with zero five on three opportunities during the 2020 shortened season of uh, 56 yeah, games. 56 games, yeah. That is a strange one, though. And you know who leads the league is the Winnipeg Jets. How many do you think the Winnipeg Jets have? They've had uh, half a dozen. Close. Seven? 14. Oh! Minnesota has crazy. 14. Ottawa has That's 11. Close. That's not close. <laughs> I think he maybe thought you said oh, a you dozen. Say a, you say a dozen? <laughs> Half, Half a dozen. dozen. Oh, I thought you said a dozen. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. 14. 14. Oh, the Leafs are getting rest- – there needs to be an investigation. <laughs> no, it's just like <laughs> – Call someone, Gary. Someone hasn't committed one infraction on a power play that they've yeah, had Yeah, I call year? BS. That's insane. Listen, I'm not saying – I'm not like being Mr. Ref or there's a conspiracy here. It's the most popular team in the league. I think they want them to win. I think it's a little crazy that they haven't had a five on three. It's nuts. Something I thought was worth talking about on the radio. Yes. No, a hundred percent. It is a very noteworthy quirk and oddity. We got, we got to tee up some uh, YouTube and text questions. It is Friday, but before that, uh, just a thought on Sidney Crosby clinching his 18th point per game season. 18. In 18 years. Points per game seasons. Holy smokes. And yeah. only, the guy that's got the all-time lead, I think you might have heard of him, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. He has 19. So we he's can one do behind. It again. Yes. Why not? Well, you know what makes me believe is he's going to decimate a point per game this year. Yeah. He's at 82 points in 60-some games. He, I mean, he's not going to get to 100, but it's like, you know, he'll be in the 90s. That's a remarkable stat to me. It is. He's a remarkable player. Yeah, but like the, you know, it's just consistency. Doesn't Ovi have like 18, 30 goal seasons or something? Like, yeah. you know, the, 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 these guys, how long they've been as good as they've been, it is jarring. Particularly, you look at the elite goal scorers, Austin Matthews last year. It's not a given you come back and you're the same guy as your best season, even in your prime. You know, it's, it's tough to do it over and over and over. McDavid's 300. Uh, he's, Four goals away from 300 for his And career. probably, what, two goals away from 60, and we're barely discussing that. Yeah, three goals away from 60. Yeah. Four away from... Everyone's like, yeah. 
It's a nice number. <laughs> 60. But so like, many. Is he going to say it's just a number? Mm-hmm. Oh, he is for sure. He, yeah. There's no chance he's going to like celebrate like, it. Like, I'm Mr. Grumpy. No. I don't like things. Connor, you guys won 10 nothing tonight. you're so jealous. I don't care. I'm a grump. No, he's grumpy. He's grumpy. He's a big yeah, I like him, though. It's okay. I like him, too. Grumpy. Good. Yeah, I like Good. him, too. Be grumpy until you win a cup. It's okay. No. The only thing no that gets him non the only thing that gets him non grumpy, and we're actually very similar in this Nickelback. Night, is Nickelback, yeah. <laughs> Anytime I hear a little photo look at that photograph. Of all Nickelback songs to reference, you want photograph? I like You guys oh. want a thought on the Panthers Ugh. scoring seven goals in the first period? Yeah, well, Montreal sucks. I think it's a <laughs> like what happened, eh? <laughs> what what happened? Like where's the Marty uh factor here to Play with pride. They ride. It's a punt now, man. I mean, everyone got what they wanted out of that game. The Panthers got their win. The Canadians forwards got their points. The team got their loss. The only person, only person who didn't benefit was Montreal's goaltender. And the team's trying to lose. So what are you going to do? They're now getting down into the, into Bedard territory here. Like May 8th. Yeah. Is the draw or the lottery or whatever. I guess it's the draw or whatever you want to call it. But, um, do we know if Sportsnet's going to, like, invite everybody in, big party again? Oh, they always do that. They always bring in all the... the well, no, the, the pandemic kind of shut it down. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, and also the Leafs' first pick is 32nd overall. They maybe not going to celebrate this one like they did the, the Matthews draft. Columbus but. is still in last. San Jose second last. Anaheim, Chicago, Philadelphia, Montreal is the order. Hold on. Anaheim's not last? Nope. They're not last. They're really bad, too. They're awful. Anaheim just awful. is just a bad team. Columbus. Yeah, so by goal differential, like Columbus, who's in last, is minus 77. San Jose is minus 66. The Ducks are minus 102. When they lose, they lose bad. Oh, yeah. They just get blown out. Just filled. So I uh, think my – and then I look at Vancouver, who inexplicably – Got hot. And what would they win? Five in a row, you were saying, Borny? Yeah, five straight wins. They're seven, they've won seven of the last ten. Perfect timing. Why did they hire Talkit? We talked about this every day on the show for a week. They, they like, they don't wanted do to this. keep Boudreaux, and we just wouldn't let them. No, we said you should keep them and suck. Well, they logically should have, and they wanted to, but I think the public roar was just too loud they just couldn't do it then anymore they should, they should have brought in the they should have brought in you should have given it to the yo. angel of death mike yo yeah. who fills in for every head coach he's ever worked with yes yeah. yeah, I, I was trying to come up with a term there's for always it. two and you or nail three it. teams no matter what start getting hot this time of year and everyone goes oh maybe next year and then they start the next year oh six and four or something yeah you know April or sorry, March hockey for a bad team and September baseball for a bad team are often telling you a lot of lies. Yeah. Okay. Read some questions. Would you? Oh, okay. Whoa. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't really have a whole lot here. Okay. This is a good one because we're playing Ottawa. They're playing Ottawa this weekend. Is Ottawa going to let Debrinket walk or trade him in this off season? Well, you know, if I learned any from Jason York, he called him a nice chip. Did he not like a trade chip? That's uh. The only thing I got leading me on that one, but again, it does. I think there's still so much for the Ottawa pitcher to unfold, like the ownership and what they want to spend, how aggressive they are in free agency. He is a seven million dollar player for me. Yeah, guys who score forty goals get seven million dollars. Seven, four, seven, five. You got to be in that ballpark. 
Where are the sends here? So he's not going to score 40 goals this year, though. No, but, he's he has da- twice but he's before. got the potential to do it. And that's 26. in the ballpark of six and a half, seven million dollars. They they got to try to sign him. Yeah, it's just not many guys available. Yeah, so he makes six point four right now. Six point four. Yeah. So get him a little above seven, seven two five. Is there, is there is there teams out there that are willing to give him seven and a half or eight a year? I don't think he does enough and, other things to get that much more than what you're talking about. Yes. Like goal scoring is valuable, so here's your seven and a half million. But once you start talking about those type of numbers over seven or eight years, now it's like, are you happy here? You like the area? Wife, kids happy? That's no one's outbidding anybody to the point where it's like, I just couldn't turn it down. Yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. So Johnny Goodrow. <laughs> No, took a pay cut to leave. That's true. Took a pay cut to leave to play in the worst team in the league. Literally, it doesn't happen anymore. He's going to be setting up uh, Connor Bedard next year. It's going to work out for him. Is there anything more anti-competitive and and less inspiring than a guy leaving a good team to play for a bad team for less money? No. Uh, What are you? Yeah. Just. What is the vibe going to be the moment on May 8th when Bill Daly announces Arizona Coyotes oh my God. are the number one pick? I know what it's going to be. Frozen envelope talk. It's going to be hair on gonna, fire. It's going to be absolute well, rigged talk. See, okay, so let's get it out of the way just, before just like that the happens. Should have done it's for the Toronto be, Maple Leafs. It's going to be like. They don't want him in Arizona. Yeah, they do. No one wants that superstar playing in front of 4,600 people for three years. But how you much, can't make less money off them than but that. But what does that do to their value of their team? Up. They'd love them in Arizona. Only if you, you – are you talking about moving the team or now – like you need money to build an arena. There's a chance that their vote will get voted down and they won't get the – the state money or do they still not know if Tempe's approved? No, no, they're waiting for a, So if it doesn't, then will they relocate? I don't know what's left. Cause if they'll re- maybe that's why everyone's talking about Atlanta and Houston, because the league knows that eventually this team's going there. Sure. There is a, a Give major, Connor Bedard there, there's, to the Houston a, a Oilers. There's a major public vote that has to surface here with the, the future of a building. Do we know if that's before May 8th? That would be fascinating. Sammy, Google They're it not real quick. Sending what, them to what Arizona to rot there for three years. What am I Googling? I don't know. Okay. Uh, so we, don't, we don't have time uh, for Tempe vote. Arena vote. Okay. Tempe Arena vote. I'm Googling. Um, but I, you know, if, if it's rigged in any direction, because people are going to say rigged almost no matter where he goes. Is there a chance that he could pull a, a card that says, don't draft me, I ain't going? Yeah. I would say that. That's I would say it loudly and not in through backdoor channels. Here's, I would say it in media here's, interviews. Here's the problem. Not going. That. I need a, bl- a plan B. What do you mean? Where, uh, For if he doesn't dark? go to Arizona, where, where does he go? Literally anywhere that isn't Arizona, and that's better. No, I'm saying if if he gets drafted by Arizona, yeah, and they pick him, yeah, and he says I'm not going, right. 
what's plan B? For Arizona? Oh, no, you're for, oh, for just Bernard. not playing. Just not playing. He's yeah, telling yeah. them, I'm yeah. not don't draft me. I'm not going. They draft him anyways. Yeah. And then Yeah, you, I'm going what? to play for Metalurg and getting conscripted into the war and fighting Ukraine at I'm that going point. Back. I just I'm just not I'm, playing for Arizona. I'm going back. I'm joking, by I'm, the way. I'm going back for my uh my fourth year uh in junior. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over the score a thousand points. World junior again. Um yeah. May sixteenth is the vote. Uh, Four or eight days after? Eight days after. Crisis. They're going to get him, and then their vote's not going to go through, and they're not going to have a rink, and then he's going to be stuck, and they're going to relocate, and he's going to be in the middle of the circus. Are there there, um, rinks in the mall anywhere in Arizona? (laughs) There's a couple of outdoor rinks in the winter. They they keep cold. Pretty impressive. There's a rink in, uh, there's an indoor rink in a mall in Edmonton. Maybe Edmonton will win the draft lottery somehow like they always do. Wow, now I'm fascinated because I, I think I should put a poll up. If you're going to claim rigged, where do you think the league would rig Connor McDay or sorry, Connor Bedard to go? That's Sammy says Arizona, Chicago, Philly. Yeah, I don't Chicago. think Chicago. All these destinations kind of stink. I don't think there's one that's going to really. That's a big market. Philly would be nice too. Love Chicago. I would love Philly. Columbus, I'm okay with. San Jose, no, thank you. Don't put him on the West Coast for me. I need him yeah, selfishly, no, totally you. selfishly here. I'd like to watch him play before midnight. Uh, you know, Montreal would probably be pretty good for the league. Ooh. I, I didn't want to put that one on the universe, but it would probably be pretty great if they got him. Okay. This is a two part question from SJ in North York. Over under playoff games. Point five for Wayne Simmons. And then if you were coach, how close would he be playing on your depth chart? Like one bad loss away or what? I want to say this respectfully to Wayne Simmons, who's had a great career and is a person I admire, but 0% chance under negative games somehow. He's just not in the plans. And if when did you play hockey last David Riddich, when they traded for him for a third rounder, if you get that far, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, we're, we're talking the guys ahead of him on the depth chart are you get O'Reilly in and then it's Holmberg and then it's McMahon and then it's Steve. And he's not and playing. Think about that. If he, He's not playing hockey currently. He's, no, what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, what I'm it's saying is months. like he, how many he's played two games, three games in two months. How many has he played this year? Has he been in 10 hockey games in and he won't, 22, he 23? Won't, he won't play for the Marlies. Right. He won't go down and they play games there. They are courteously allowing him to collect a paycheck, be around. Like he's, I understand it's possible he could get into the lineup. I understand to me it's that. Strange. Even I wonder the, if he'll get even, in down the stretch as they the rest thought, guys. Even the thought that, like you know, I could hit a couple of injuries, you could be back in there, play games, just play games. Yeah, he should get in there. I, I don't think it's as crazy. Like you don't think it's as crazy as Maroon and Perry are acting like. D holes, and then he runs out there and bites one of them. D holes. <laughs> like, I don't think. Yeah. No, it's not impossible. Like, I don't think it would be like stay sharp, guys. Yeah, you need to be playing hockey now. Are we getting played off the stage here? Is it time? That's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like we started a little earlier than we usually do. But we'll take it. Yeah, yeah, right. we'll take it. It's Friday. Off the show. <laughs> yeah, how, much, how much time Oscar do I have? Hook. Oscar Hook just I, came out. I don't know. Like the normal amount, we usually go to four fifty four. Right? I don't know. Do I have to thank everybody now, chum? Yeah. Huh? Do I have to thank everybody now? You th- need to thank everyone. Justin Williams, great guy. Doug McLean, yep. Jason York, Derek Brandeo, David Sisboomba, Sammy, Justin, Nick. 
Have a great weekend, everybody. Give us a rating and review if you get a chance, okay? We want to hear from you. Leafs talk tonight following the final whistle with myself and Brent Gunning tonight. Give me a score tonight, Sammy. Uh, Low-scoring match again. I'm saying 3-2 Leafs. Leafs win. 4-2. Empty net or Leafs. 2-1. Okay. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody.